Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm Jason DeMars, and I want to remind everyone, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know at jasondemars.com. Please, if you're watching now, uh, send your greetings. I want to greet you personally. And also remind you that we have free resources on our website. You can go there. Place an order. I will send it to you for free. Uh, shipping is free as well. We appreciate your prayers and your support for us to help keep this going and to be able to continue to offer the books to all for free. Um, we're getting quite a few orders from around the world, and we're so thankful that the Lord is blessing the work in that way, and putting resources in the hands of people to help them with their spiritual growth in Jesus Christ. Um, that's the main desire of my heart. So with that said, we're going to continue on answering the question we had yesterday regarding the Logos uh, of John 1 and 1. And yesterday we looked and compared that back with Proverbs 8, Lady Wisdom, and, and read through, we read through John 1 uh, through 14, uh, through 18, I think. Anyways, let's go and look at some quotes. Um, before I do that, just greetings to Brother Kenny and Sister Janelle. Greetings, Brother Aaron. Greetings, Sister Sarah from Edmonton. God bless you all. So, uh, when I went, I, when I first came to the message, of course, things were completely new for me. That was back in 1999. I was still in college. Um, I went through a process in understanding the Logos and the beginning of the Son of God. When I, when I first began my walk in the message, I basically viewed the Son of God as having a pre, uh, pre-incarnate state um, so that he pre-existed his human birth. However, there were, there were several quotes that I began reading that made me feel uneasy about this understanding, like I wasn't seeing the whole picture of what, of what Brother Branham was saying. I mean, believe me, I wanted to keep things simple, but as I read the quotes, my conscience began to be pricked for some reason. I wasn't seeing this whole picture. So basically, the things that began to get me thinking was the places that we'll read uh, further where Brother Benham states that the Logos is the Father, the Logos is the anointing upon Jesus. Also, he says the, Log the Melchizedek is the Father, not the Son. Son has beginning, Melchizedek has no beginning. So how could I reconcile this with the fact that Brother Branham stated that the Logos that went out from God was the Son of God? If the Logos that went out from God was the Son of God, how can that Logos also be the Father 
and the anointing that was upon Jesus. So I'm going to read some quotes. Uh, we're going to read a bunch of quotes today and talk about that. The Lord willing, we'll get through it um, in one session. This is from Hebrews chapter 1. This is in August of 1957. Now here's what happened. Excuse me. I just get on this. This just gets me right where I love it. See, the Logos and this great fountain, this great fountain of spirit, which had no beginning or no end, this great spirit began to form in the creation, and the Logos that went out from it was the Son of God. It was the only visible form that this spirit had, and it was a theophany, which means a body, and the body was like a man. That was it, and that was the theophany, which was the Son of God. That Son, the, that Logos, became flesh because we were put in flesh. All right, Hebrews chapter 4, September 1st, 1957. The Bible said that Jesus, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily, as we had it the other night. God in the beginning was spirit, and then from God went out the Logos, or the Theophany, which was a form of a man called the Son of God, prefigured. Good morning, Brother Isol. God bless you. All right. So now we have him saying that the Logos is the Son of God prefigured. All right. And then Christ is revealed in his own word, August 22nd, 1965. Brother Branham says, To misinterpret Jesus in the form of God in a man, you would make him one God out of three. To misinterpret Jesus Christ being the Word, you'd make him one God out of three, or you'd make him the second person in a Godhead, and to do that, you'd mess the whole Scripture up. All right? Here, let's just look at, put these things together. The Logos was the Son, and the Logos is the only visible form of the invisible God. There's not two Logos or three Logos. There's one, just one Logos. It's the only visible form of the invisible God. Then we look and find out that the Logos was called the prefigured Son of God. Good morning, Brother Ken. God bless you. So, that Logos is the prefigured Son of God. Also, to misinterpret the Son of God being the Logos, you'd make him one God out of three. Okay? Of course, Brother Branham said the Logos was the Son, but he, here he says there's a right way to interpret it and a wrong way to interpret it. And again, he says the Logos was the Son prefigured. So let's look at the definition of prefigured. To suggest, indicate, or represent by an antecedent form or model, presage, or foreshadow. The paintings of Paul Cezanne 
prefigured the rise of cubism in the early 20th century to imagine or picture to oneself in advance. <clears throat> so to prefigure, he's saying the logos, the theophany, the body, the only body, the only visible form that God had, he says that prefigures the Son of God. In other words, it, 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 it imagines or pictures the Son of God in advance. So in other words, the Son of God is not really born yet, but the Logos is picturing in advance what the Son of God will be. To follow that example of cubism, cubism didn't exist in the time of Paul Cezanne. Cezanne. But his work spoke of it beforehand and was a precursor to it. The Son of God had not been born at the time of Melchizedek or the time of the creation of the world, but the Logos spoke of the Son of God that was to come in the future. How can I see, say, how can I say the Son wasn't born yet? So just withhold judgment for just a minute and wait until I read a few more quotes below. The Logos was the antecedent form or the model that foreshadowed the Son of God that was brought forth in the fullness of time, made of a woman, made under the law, Galatians 4.4. 4. The, the Son of God, God sent forth His Son in the fullness of time, not before time, he sent forth his son in the fullness of time, made of under the woman, made under the law. God appointed the ages in the son, Hebrews 1 verse 2. He appointed the ages. Ephesians 3, 9, God created the world by Jesus Christ. He is the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn from the dead. He's before all things, and by him all things consist. He was glorified before the world began, but we also were glorified before the world began. We existed in the mind of God. The Lamb was slain in the mind of God before the world began. We were chosen in Christ before the world began. All right? So let's look at some of these quotes. These are some of the ones that troubled me, that caused me to pause and question my understanding of what Brother Branham was saying in other places. Okay. This is The Seed Shall Not Be Here with the Shuck, April 29th, 1965. Because all this was in the Logos, the whole Word of God, the whole Bible for every age. And as the Logos began to breathe upon the earth, now... What was it? It was the Spirit of God which hoover, hovered over the earth. All right? And let's, let's go back down. Which the prophets was carriers to that seed, and the church denominations has been carriers to the seed now. Now notice, quickly, but like the shuck hugs holds the seed in the seed now, then it leaves her. Jesus was God. He was. 
His father was the great Logos itself. The Son of God was born of a woman in the fullness of time under the law. This, these are quotes that are showing that the Son of God is not one for one with the Logos. The Logos went forth in the beginning of time, and that Logos was the revelation of the Father. And it, in fact, was the Father. But it foreshadowed or prefigured the Son of God. And the very life of the Son of God was in, upon, an anointed or the very life of the Son of God was in the Logos. And that Logos later was in, upon, and anointed Jesus. Now I want you to watch what Brother Branham says in Questions and Answers in August, on August 23, 1963. He asked the question. He has asked the question, was Brother Branham the Son of Man, or was the pillar of fire the Son of Man. He says, no, the pillar of fire is the anointing. Now this may get a little deep unless it's some of you theologians, Dr. Vale, probably brother here, and some of these ministers here from Arkansas and the good friends around, they probably know now that pillar of fire is the Logos which went out of God, the Logos, which is actually the attribute of the fullness of God. When God become into a form where he could, it could be seen, it was the anointing of the great spirit that went forth. It's condescending, coming down. God, the Father, the Logos, that was up over Israel. He was holy, could not bear sin. There had to be a blood offering right in Eden. Then that Logos become flesh and dwelt among us. And where this Logos dwelt in a human body, which was the sacrifice when man was made in the image of God. And then God came down in the image of man to redeem man that brought man and God together. Um, Jesus said, I come from God and I go to God. Is that right? After his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, when the body was taken up, set at the right hand of God. Now, I don't mean God's got a right hand. God is a spirit. But at the right hand means in the power and authority of God that in that name, everything in heaven is named after it and subject to it. Everything in earth is named after it and subject to it. A name above all names, Jesus Christ. Now this Logos that was in him, which was the Spirit of God, the anointing through the sanctifying grace of the blood brought many sons to God, which is anointed with the same Logos. Now on the day of Pentecost, it come down that pillar of fire and broke apart like that, and tongues of fire upon each of them, not their tongues, but tongues of fire, set upon each of them, elected, selected group, identified by this pillar of fire, showing that God had separated himself into man. Do you get it? God, the Logos, separating himself into men. God not in one person, he's in his church universal. That's the reason Jesus said, the works that I do you shall you also more. Now I know the King James says greater, but the right translation there is more than this shall you do. God was bottled and confined in one man, Jesus Christ, but now he's bottled and confined in the whole church of the living God. Right now, while God is here speaking with us in our hearts, he's in Africa. He's in Asia, he's in Europe, he's in England. Wherever believers are gathered together, 
there he is in the midst of them. Now after his death, burial, and ascension, and the coming of the Holy Ghost, Paul on his road to Damascus, which was Saul, to Damascus, he was struck down by a pillar of fire, the Logos. And that Jew would have never called that pillar of fire Lord unless he knew it was the same Logos that his people followed through the wilderness. See, now that was not the Son of Man, that was the Logos. Now we say this with reverence and love and respect, as Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, and also that in the last days, as it was before Lot's time, or in Lot's time in Sodom, so shall it be in the day that the Son of Man reveals himself again, revealing himself. Now in this, in this last day, the Logos that was upon Jesus, which he has come back from that, become from that back to the pillar of fire again and has descended down on the earth to, to say something, but I watch, I was going to say something, but I watched the tape. They wouldn't believe it if I told them. All right. So here we see in this quote, the Logos being spoken of by Brother Banham as being the following. God the Father, in Jesus, the Spirit of God, the anointing, upon Jesus and not the Son of Man. All right. So this was Brother Branham's full, fully developed thought and understanding. Again and again, you'll see him speak of the Logos and he'll say, the, that pillar of fire, the Logos, came down in the form of a dove. Just search for that uh, Logos dove and you'll see that's what Brother Branham is saying over and over again. So we read yesterday, Brother Branham talks, talking about that Logos, the Logos with the Son of God. Um, and he takes that verse, let us who, Father and Son, make man in our own image. All right. So I want, I want to just break this down a minute, what we, what, we, what we saw, before I get into the let us make man in our own image. Um, I'm just seeing here, um, Sister Mai, God bless you. Brother Romeo, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. So, um, again, 1953, questions and answers on Genesis. This Logos which went out of God was the Son of God. In the sermon, Who is God? in 1950, he says, uh, this Logos went out of God. He says, now we've got two now, the Father, and out of the Father went the Son of God. All right. That was 19, 19, early 1950s. As time along, even in 1957, Brother Branham starts to say, the Logos was the Son of God, Prefigured, He was the only body which this invisible spirit had, the theophany of God. But it was, it was the Son of God prefigured. In other words, foreshadowing what the Son of God would be in the future. Then we come along, and as time goes along, he begins to speak about the Logos being the anointing that came upon, came to dwell in Jesus. 1965, he says, to misinterpret Jesus Christ being the Word, you'd make him one God out of three. He didn't say Jesus Christ was not the Word, but he said to misinterpret that would be misunderstanding. So there we find, as Brother Branham grows in his understanding, the seals are open, it becomes a new book, 
we see his understanding becomes crystallized. The Logos hovered over creation, right? Which was the Spirit of God. The Logos, which was the Spirit of God, was upon and in Jesus came to dwell in him at his baptism, left him in the Garden of Gethsemane when he ascended to heaven, sat at the right hand of God, came back to earth, broke apart, and anointed the disciples, came back again to meet Saul on the road to Damascus. This was Brother Branham's development of his understanding. We have to keep up with it. We can't take the things in 1953 and divorce them from what from that things that he says in the 60s in 64, 65. We have to be careful to keep up with how Brother Branham spoke. There's many issues like that. The new birth. Before the seals, the new birth was a different act from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. After the seals, now the new birth and the baptism of the Holy Ghost are the same thing, just spoken of in different ways. Um, before the seals, he taught that love was the identification of having the Holy Ghost. After the seals were broken in 1964, the Lord deals with him and shows him it's not that, it's receiving the word for your age. So God took him along in a journey of understanding. In questions and answers on Genesis, he says, let us who make man in our own image. Let us who, father and son, make man in our own image. But I want to show you in the super sign in 1959, Brother Branham says, that's a sign that every unrepentant sinner will perish in the judgment that the righteous shall be saved by the mercy of God. He gave another sign at the burning bush. What was it then that caught his runaway prophet? Uh, let me skip down so I don't uh, take so long here. Watch God in his ways of work when he created the heavens and the earth. He called the angels together and he said, let us Every place in the scripture where he did anything almost, not me, but my father. But when it come to the plan of redemption, he came alone. Nobody was with him. He was the one that could come. An angel couldn't do it. Another man couldn't do it. His, called his son. He couldn't do it. One called something else, the Holy Virgin, Holy Mother, Saint something. God had to come. We understand God came in the form of the Son of God. All right. But let's back up. What does he say? He called the angels together. And he said, let us. So when in 1959, when Brother Branham is saying, who was God speaking to when he said, let us? He said, it's the angels. He called the angels together and he said, let us. Now let's look at a few quotes. Christ is revealed in his own word. Um, now, when Jesus was manifested in the Old Testament in a theophany in the person of Melchizedek, not a priesthood, but the person, the man, see, for this man had not yet been born. So Jesus had not yet been born. But he was in a theophany, so he had no father, no mother. He was God himself. He was manifested in the form of a man called king of Salem, which is king of peace and king of righteousness. See, he was Melchizedek. He had neither father 
nor mother, beginning of days, nor ending of life. It was Jesus in a theophany in the form of a man. Okay, but the man had not been born yet. Hebrews chapter 7, 1957. Um, first, being by interpretation, king of righteousness. Uh, the third verse, nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God. Made like unto the Son of God. Now, he was not the Son of God. For if he was the Son, he had a beginning. This man had no beginning. If he was the Son, he had to have both father and mother. This man neither had father nor mother, but he was made like unto the Son of God. Abideth a priest continually. Uh, future home in August 1964. The holy blood that was created by God. The blood, the life, the creation of God. Jesus was the beginning of the creation of God. Oh my, you see it? God made in creation. He was, the, he was spirit. The Bible said he's the beginning of the creation of God. How did he begin? In the wombs of a woman. So here he states that when Melchizedek came, Jesus had not been born. Two, that he had the begin his beginning in the womb of a virgin. So to find balance, the theophany there is Jesus, yes. But before he was brought forth in birth as a distinct individual from God. I'm going to remind you what I said the other day in questions and answers on the seals. Jesus is the same self-person as God, but an individual different from God. So Jesus was not brought forth as an individual different until his birth through the Virgin. Before that, it was simply the theophany of God, the Logos. It was Jesus prefigured. Um, it was the life, the very life of the Son of God was in that theophany. But the Logos itself was the Father's manifestation and expression, the only visible form the Father had. But the life of the Son was in the Logos. Your life also was in the Logos. And that, that Son later had a beginning and was born through a virgin, though his life was there in Theophany in the Logos. The Logos going f was not, the Logos was the going forth of the Son of God, but not in the sense that it was a separate person or dif distinct man from God, but it was the self-manifestation and revelation of God. It was the only visible, the only way the invisible spirit could be seen to the spiritual eye. It was God limiting himself to a form which he could be then revealed to mankind. And again, the life of the Son was in the Logos, and he was prefigured by various appearances in God in the form of the Logos. So let's put it all together and close. The Logos was the Son, the only visible form the Spirit had. The Logos prefigures the Son. 
So one, the Logos was the Son, the only visible form the spirit, invisible spirit had. The Logos prefigures the Son. Three, the Logos is the Father's self-revelation and visible expression. It is the Father. Four, the Logos was upon, in, and anointed the Son of God. When? At his baptism. Five, Melchizedek was Jesus in theophany in a man, even though Jesus had not yet been born. When? Six, when did Jesus begin? In the womb of a virgin. Seven, the Logos was not the Son of Man. So I want to leave it, close our subject upon this at that point. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know at jasondemars.com. Make sure to subscribe to our channel. Make sure to like and comment and share this with your friends as well. Certainly appreciate you. May the Lord richly bless you.